Good morning. Yeah, I, uh, I wanted to give a little disclaimer and um, started it off for me. I sound funny this morning because I grew up in South Mississippi. I look funny because I moved to and married a Texan. And I smell funny because we've recently moved to Alabama. And you just, you just can't get that off of you. Okay, can't get that out of you. Um, it is our honor to be here uh, in beautiful Oregon. The weather's like this all the time this time of year, right? I mean, sunny in 71. No place like Medford, Oregon. Um, we, uh, we actually were privileged to be here last year. And from the bottom or the top of my heart, whatever's most meaningful, okay, with everything we are, I want you to know we love this church. And we are blessed to be a small part and just to get a small taste of First Baptist Medford's family um, the last two years. It's a gift what you guys have in this place as a family, as a body. These students, your pastoral leadership, and the family, the body of every person represented in the seats in front of me is a gift that is sadly not the norm of the American church in most places. And so we praise God and thank God for you and just a little bit of a friendship and a partnership with you and the opportunities that we have to be in beautiful Medford with beautiful First Baptist body. So um, this morning, if you have a Bible, I invite you to turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. Though we may have a lot of differences, the way we sound, the way we look, the way we smell, um, I have no doubt that uh, we also have probably some deep similarities. I wouldn't have to venture far or probably take on many rows asking the question, how are you this morning, to find hurting hearts and suffering souls who right now you are bearing the weight of an uncertain future, maybe a wayward child, a sick family member or spouse, stress, frustration, disappointment with job, career, family, just you fill in the blank. I have little doubt that many, if not most, if not all, Every person in the room this morning is bearing a weight in our soul, stress and a weight in our heart that we would long for and gladly receive the promise of uh, Philippians chapter 4 verse 7 which says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I dare say that many in the room this morning would probably say, yes, Lord Jesus, give me, grant me your peace. The peace of God that surpasses everything my human heart and my broken mind can understand. Jesus, give me your peace and your rest for my lonely, hurting, confused, frustrated heart mind, body, and soul. This morning I want us to look at some, at some truths and some principles from the Apostle Paul who writes this letter, most likely bound in chains in a Roman prison. 
And all the while, as he is shackled in chains to a guard, is penning one of the most powerful letters to the Christian church, to the brothers and sisters of Christ, of how we can, in the midst of circumstantial, situational, temporal pain, frustration, fear, we can still have joy immeasurable, peace unexplainable, and the life that Christ has promised that we can't create for ourselves. We can have a peace and a joy in the midst of our fiercest, strongest storms and darkest nights. It's been a comfort to this Mississippi, Alabama, Texas boy for all of my 31 years and really more tangibly in the last 12 years and the last three years than ever before. And this morning, I want to walk with you through some passages and some principles that I feast from on almost a monthly basis and pray that it encourages your heart this morning. I'm going to pray for us. Now we're going to look at these three short verses. Father, I am desperate for you to fill and use me. Father, by your spirit, just speak your words to your people. God, may you give us eyes to see and ears to hear and awaken our hearts and our minds to see your face, to hear your voice, and to know your hand. God, breathe peace into the hearts and the minds of my brothers and sisters this morning. Give us clarity of your purposes, and may we walk with confidence, with peace, and live with joy in the midst of darkness because of your immeasurable light. Jesus, thank you. Speak loudly, speak clearly, and glorify yourself in our time. Amen, amen, amen. We'll start in verse 4 together, and then we will finish up in verse 7. We're going to see some principles that the Apostle Paul kind of puts forth as to how we can know this peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Verse 4, the Apostle Paul writes, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I'll say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to God. Everyone, I want to give you three, I'm going to try to summarize this into three succinct action points this morning, okay, of how we can rest in the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Number one, in the midst of your storm, you can be confident in the Lord. You can be confident in the Lord. Why? How? <coughs> I'm so sorry. I'm Got something trying to come up on me this morning. I'm trying to keep it down, all right? We're in a fight up here. Get out of here. Um, (coughs) Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious. I want you to look with me at the second part of of verse 5 and the first part of verse 6. This this verse 6, do not be anxious about anything. 
if any of you, if anybody in the room battles anxiety or even is prone to worry, um, you're probably fully aware that if you're battling anxiety or you're in a worrisome moment or situation right now, it's the best medicine is not typically for someone to come in and say, Chase, you anxious? Yeah, I'm really anxious. Well, just stop being anxious. Don't be anxious. Oh, bro, I just needed somebody to tell me to stop being anxious. No, it's probably not, not something that you can command on and off, right? You kind of need an anchor when you feel like you are being thrown from wall to wall. Um, I want you to look. We have a, a promise, a principle, an action point here in, um, from the Apostle Paul. He gives us, he does it, it's not just a command. It's kind of misleading because verse 6 starts with do not be anxious. It makes us believe that this, the Lord is at hand peace, which is kind of the, the anchor of why we shouldn't be anxious. It being connected to verse 5 makes it a little, throws us off sometimes. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. I want you to understand this sentence is one, all right? Forget the verse designations. The Lord is at hand, understood, therefore do not be anxious about anything. I want you to picture something, okay? You and your family go home today. And uh, tonight you're watching whatever your favorite Sunday evening TV show is or doing whatever you do on a Sunday afternoon and evening. And as you're having dinner, watching television, somebody kicks in your front door, comes in and holds your family at gunpoint and says, give me everything you got or I'm going to kill everybody in your family. If I then walked in the room and said, whoa, 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 hold on, you chill out. You guys need to just stop being anxious for a second, okay? You'd be encouraged, right? Probably not. But what about this? I want you to think of this scenario in two and through two lenses. Walk in, you kick in the door, somebody kicks in the door, hold your family at gunpoint. You get to your cell phone, you call 911, and you say, 911, what's your emergency? There's a man with a gun, he wants to kill my family. The operator says, hey, don't worry, Mr. Sims. Um, we have a unit 45 miles from your house. They'll be there in one and a half hours. You're going to be okay. Would you be encouraged? No. Would you be anxious? Yeah, most likely. Like, second scenario. Somebody comes in, kicks in the door, family at gunpoint. 911, what's your emergency? There's a bad man. He's trying to take my popcorn and my kids. I need help. Mr. Sims, there's a unit at the end of your street. They will be there in 45 seconds. Help is near. Would you feel a little better about that situation? A little better about the scenario of knowing that help is about to kick in the stinking door and take away the threat and you will be safe and secure and held firm. The Apostle Paul tells us, my children, you have no need to be anxious and fearful and worrisome. Why? Because the Lord your God is at hand. This isn't eschatological in nature like the Lord is coming back soon necessarily as much as it is, hey, the Lord is not way far off in heaven, distant from you. He's near to you. He hears your cry before it even breaks your lips. He knows your needs, and you can trust that your good Father that we just sang about, your good Father in heaven, He's near to your fight. He knows your foe, and He can and will protect you perfectly and provide all that you need in the midst of your storm. My children today, 
my children, my friends today, all right, who are in the, in the midst of the storm. You're staring a foe that you know you can't defeat in your power, and you are quickly being washed away by the waves of worry and anxiety and stress and fret because you know you can't win the war or even enter the battle that's in front of you. Know this, you don't fight alone. You don't stand with a father way off in heaven, but near to you. He's given you his spirit that is within you, literally closer than any enemy or foe could ever be. Don't be anxious because the Lord is at hand. He is near to you, and he hears your voice, and he cares for your concerns more so than any friend of the flesh ever could. Your father is near, and he can be trusted so because the lord is near today be confident that the lord god knows your need and he fights for you when we simply lay down our weapons of weakness and rest in the perfection of our good god and strong warriors perfected strength you can trust the lord because he is near <clears throat> the Lord's at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. But then he has this but, okay, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. Verse 6 gives us um, kind of this, I want you to think of it like this. Um, don't be anxious about anything. This but in everything is kind of like replace your worry and your stress and your fret with these two things, prayer and and supplication okay instead of being anxious and everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to god so number two number one would be confident because the lord is near but number two be prayerful because the lord <laughs> hears all right be prayerful because the lord hears and everything by prayer and supplication. We we'll, want to look at these two words differently. Most of my Christian life, most of my young Christian life, I understood this to be just kind of a redundancy tool of Paul to say, man, you need to pray by prayer and supplication. Like two words communicating the same thing. It's not the case. These are two very, dis these are two distinctly different words that I think carry two different practices. Number one, with everything by prayer, all right, by prayer. This, this word prayer here originally used is um, kind of, it comes from the same root word as the, the New Testament word worship. We talked about this with students this weekend. Um, it's, um, it's a general dependence on one that is greater than you. The supplication idea is what we think of typically when Chase Sims thinks of prayer, hey, pray for me because I'm sick. Hey, pray for me because I'm scared. Hey, pray for my sister, my brother. That's a prayer of supplication, a petitioning prayer where we're asking for something. This general prayerfulness is more a, a just a dependence because of your inability and the strength of another. The, the word picture here it's the same root as the New Testament word from, for worship. And it gives a picture. This is, this is crazy to me. The Greek word gives a picture of a dog licking the hand of its master. Okay? My, my wife and I, we have a dog. His name is Tulo. 
Not because he's too high, but because we lived in Colorado when we got him, and they had a shortstop by the name of Troy Tulowitzki. Nonetheless, we have a dog. His name is Tulo. When we come in the house, Tulo loves Corinne. Like, he literally screams and cries, and just, it's ridiculous what that dog does when that girl walks in the room. When I walk in, he's like, eh, whatever. Um, Corinne walks in the room. Tulo comes up, regardless of what she's got in her hand, regardless of what she's doing, he follows her. When she stops, he just sits. If she extends her right hand to him, he's going to just lick the palm of her hand every time. Why? It's the picture of Tulo knows two things. He is completely dependent on all of his needs being met by Elizabeth Corinne Robinson Sims. Okay? Tulo knows that he can't make breakfast for himself it's going to come from her right hand. Tulo knows that everything he needs is going to come from her, but he also knows that everything he has given from her, everything that is extended in and from, that right hand to him is good for him. She's not going to give him anything to harm him, to hurt him, or to unnecessarily burden him. This general prayerfulness, all right, instead of our anxiousness, our worry, our fret, toil. Listen, the Lord says, because I am near you, my children, this general prayerfulness is not a bow your heads and accomplish a task, but it is a sit incessantly before the Lord who is faithful to provide and is strong enough to protect and know that you do not have the ability to meet the even basic needs of your day if the Lord doesn't extend them to us by his grace. Know that you, Chase Sims, and all of my friends in the room, that we are desperate to just sit before the provision of our good Father, knowing that everything he extends to us, it may taste sour for a season, but it is for our ultimate good. When Tulo is sick, Corinne has to give him medicine. Sometimes he'll spit it on the floor, and she'll do it again. And then he finally, sometimes you have to grab his snout and blow on his nose and make sure he doesn't open his mouth until he swallows his medicine. You get it. Put it in cheese. Whatever. But nonetheless, Tulo eventually knows that everything she gives him is what he needs. In the same way, you can trust that even the storm you endure right now, that the Father is doing it for your good and his greatest glory. You can trust that there is purpose in your pain, and it's not for no reason at all. It's not random. It's not coincidental. It has eternal weight and significance, and it is for your good. And so this prayerfulness says, instead of being anxious, you can sit before the good Father and know that he's going to meet your need. You can trust that what he gives is best and he'll protect you from the rest so be prayerful sit in this state of dependence and expectancy that the Lord is going to give you what you need and when you need it secondly it says and supplication with thanksgiving well in by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God this prayerful idea is this supplication Okay, this, we're asking for something. It's a petitioning prayer. Let your requests be made known to God. James chapter 4 tells us that the 
that the uh, fervent prayer of a righteous man carries great strength. Carries great strength. The word used there, it avails much or it carries great strength. It's the same word that, that we get our word to, to exercise from. It means you, when you exercise prayer, and it literally paints a picture of, if you're a bodybuilder, you go to the gym and you work the same muscle grouping every single day, that muscle grouping is going to get bigger and it's going to get stronger. And as, and as much as you're committed to put in the work, it's your, your muscles will grow stronger. In the same way, our petitioning prayer to make our request known to the Lord, listen, there is power in our persistence in supplication prayer, prayerful supplication, making our requests known to the Lord. In my moments when I'm full of fear and I'm stressed out to the max, you know what I usually realize? I'm just withdrawing from everything. I'm just sitting and I'm feeling and I'm fretting and I'm shutting down and the Lord says, hey, James, give me your burdens. Let your request be known. Three years ago, I was diagnosed with a very, very aggressive cancer in my brain. And about three months into that, I mean, I prayed every day, all day, every day, Lord God, heal my body for your glory. Give me 50 more years to tell the story of God's grace in a broken body and a half a brain boy from South Mississippi. About three months into that, I kind of felt like just the whine, the whining little boy. It was like, God, help me, God, help me. And like God was like, Chase, just chill out. But then I had a friend sit me down and say, Chase, why? The Lord God longs to hear your voice as a good father. He loves to meet the needs of his children. He loves to flex his glory and show his strength. And so as his children, let's be faithful to cry out and call on the powerful name of the Lord so that we can see him do what we can't do for ourselves when we express and embrace our weakness and cry out, Lord God, do what only you can do for your glory and my good. We'll see his hand of strength. Persistence in prayer makes our cry more powerful in the ear of the Father when we are confessing daily, Lord, this is a foe that I cannot defeat and I know it. And Jesus, I need you to show your strength and your power for your glory and my good. Don't go down without a fight. This dude with cancer in his brain sure as heck isn't going to go down without crying out every single stinking day. And I'd say the same thing for you. Hey, it's encouraging. It's emboldening when we can sit and we can cry out to the Lord and expect that he is going to act. Not a hope and a wish but a prayer and an expectation that the Lord God is going to act, that the Lord God will act on your behalf for his glory. So sit in dependence before the Father and then cry out actively, persistently, confidently, expectantly that he can and he will act on your behalf for his glory. Be confident, be prayerful, be persistent. Rejoice in the Lord. Again, I'll, get, I'll say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And then, all right?
and then the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and will guard your minds in Christ Jesus. When we learn these principles, that by the grace of God, we're not trying to earn anything. He's already given us everything we need. I feel like a lot of times we just don't tap into the resources that the Father's already entrusted to his children. My dad gave me a debit card when I was in high school. When I started driving, my dad gave me a debit card. And he said, this is for emergencies only, right? (laughs) Um, My dad gave me a debit card. The good thing about dad's debit card is it always had more money on it than mine did. And um, one day I had, uh, I had run out of gas. I was about 25 minutes from home. And um, I was freaking out. Call my mom, call my dad. I'm like, I'm stuck, I'm stuck, I'm stuck, I'm stuck, I'm stuck. I'd been freaking out for like 20 minutes because I thought everybody was going to be mad at me. I'm just like sitting in my car thinking dad's gonna spank me mom's gonna ground me oh yeah just like the pity party of a lifetime okay because (laughs) because i didn't fill up my truck with gas um you know what i forgot for 25 minutes of stress and unnecessary fret toil and pain dad had already met the need dad had already given me the resources to get what i needed i wasn't utilizing it I had a Regents debit card in my center console of my truck. <laughs> How do you forget that, right? I forgot it. So Dad called me back. He said, son, where's my debit card? And I'm like, I don't kn- Oh, your, your debit card that's in my truck. I said, what are you driving? My truck. Why haven't you used it? Can I use it? That's why I gave it to you. Okay. So, two kind gentlemen helped me push my truck into the Chevron. And uh, I filled up my truck and I made my way back home. How many times, brothers and sisters, do we sit in stress and wallow in worry and bring ourselves to the point of death nearly? Because we feel like we're at a, we've reached a wall that we can't climb, forgetting that our Father can knock it down, that we're facing a foe that we can't defeat, knowing that our Father could, in a word, have it removed. My friends, my brothers and sisters, this morning, you who are in the storm know that the Lord God loves you immeasurably he has given you his spirit and he has granted you the resources and the freedom as a child to call on him to rest in him and to walk with him in the deepest darkest nights and valleys in the highest brightest most beautiful sunny and 71 spring days of your life that the Lord is near not far off in heaven to be beckoned to come near he's closer to you than even the the fear and the foe itself he hears your cry 
before it ever breaks your lips. But hey, I would hate to know that I missed the provision of the good father simply because I did not ask him for it. Unashamedly today, persist in prayer. Sit and rest in dependence, knowing that we don't have a single ounce of strength to add to or take away the days of our life, we can rest in the provision that has been sovereignly set by the good Father and know that His hand will meet the most basic needs of our day and we can trust Him because He's faithful and good. (sighs) And we can be confident because He has yet to fail us to this point and He will not start now because His character never changes. He's faithful, trustworthy, true, and good. He has granted us salvation by his son Jesus. And this morning, wherever you find yourself on the scale and the spectrum of walking with the Lord, know that he loves you, he longs to know you, and he has granted you the resources <laughs> of a child adopted into his family if only you will submit and receive the grace that he has extended.